Faith in Light of the Lamb. This is part two of a message we began last Wednesday night. And uh, there's several things in the Word of God that we need to know concerning faith. Much of what's been written about faith over the last hundred years is a, a distraction and a hindrance from what is real. If it doesn't include Calvary's lamb, it's a distraction and a hindrance to the people of God. And we'll see that as we go through this, this series that the Lord has given me to give you. And I'm being encouraged by it, and I know you will as well, because we have a church full of people who are hungry for the truth. We want to know the truth because the more truth you know, the more liberty of the truth you can experience. And the more closer to the Lord you will become. The church has stepped into a great delusion uh, to think that they can just be closer and closer and closer to the Lord without the Word. Well, that's not going to happen. Without the Word, it's just feelings and hyper-emotionalism. You have to have the Word that brings faith because it's faith that makes you close and closer and closer to the Lord. We live by faith. We walk by faith. Everything we do is by faith or it is nothing more than our carnal flesh. Amen. So last week we began talking about the word of faith and the hearing of faith actually. the hear, No, it was the word of faith, but the hearing of faith had to be tied to that because if you've got the word, then you've got to have a hear. And we talked about some important things last week, so if you missed it, go back and listen to it or go listen again. I promise you the Lord will give you even more if you do. But tonight we're going to look at this, this phrase, the spirit of faith that's been so special to me and becoming even more special as we look at it in the Word. And let's read, if we will, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verses 11 through 13, just for our springboard tonight, if we can. Then I want to go back and share some other things with you concerning the spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. For we which live, everybody say, that's me, are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then, death works in us, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith. Do you see it in your Bible? We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Now, I wanted to show you where that is in your Bible, this phrase. We have the same spirit of faith. And we'll come back to this in a minute as we go back into the Old Testament and see where the Holy Spirit pulled from the treasures, pulled this treasure out of the wells of salvation and poured it out to us in the New Testament. So hang on. We'll get back to that in a minute. But I want to say this today. You might want to write this down and pray about it. You're not, not to pray if it's right. Just you pray about it and the Lord will open your eyes to the reality of it. But the spirit of faith that we just read about, the spirit of faith is the faith that is always of the spirit. It is the spirit of faith. That's not just like the spirit of St. Louis. It's the spirit of God. The spirit of faith is the faith that's always of the Spirit. 
Think about this. If, if you're walking in the Spirit, you're living by faith. If you're not walking in the Spirit, you're not living. Galatians 5.25 says, If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit and faith cannot be separated. If you're functioning in faith, that's the operation of the Holy Spirit. There is no such thing as faith without the Spirit or the Spirit moving in your life without faith. So let me say that phrase again. The Spirit of faith is the faith that's always of the Spirit because there is no such thing as faith without the Holy Spirit. If you go back and look at your born-again experience, you'll see that the Bible says you receive the Spirit through the hearing of faith. Well, who was talking to you? The Spirit of faith. Because you were hearing the Word of faith by the Spirit of faith, and the hearing of faith, through that you receive the Spirit. Amen. So, now, Brother Greg, could we put... Romans eleven thirty six on the screen tonight. You know, we don't, we, and I got to share this before we move through these scriptures I'm going to give you here in just a moment. Romans eleven thirty six is a very, very important scripture that must always be at the forefront of your minds. You must never let this slip away but fall out somewhere. The Bible says that for of him, let's talk about Jesus Christ, of Christ and through Christ and to Christ are how many things? All things to whom be glory forever. Amen. So, because of Christ and through Christ and to Christ are all things, we know that faith is only in Christ. Hmm. Faith does not exist outside of in Christ. I know why you're quiet, because you're thinking. Faith does not exist for you and me to experience outside of in Christ. There is no faith outside of Christ. That's why we had to believe in Christ, because it's the only believing place God has offered. There's no other place to believe. Faith is only in Christ. And I'm glad you want to see the scripture for that because I want to share it with you. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. I hope you're taking notes, at least in your uh, memory, mind, uh, you, whatever. But you need to know these things. They're very important. 2 Timothy 3 and 14 and 15. Paul's writing to Timothy, but it's good for me and you. Somebody say Amen. But continue you, continue in the things which you have learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them, and that from a child you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. There is no faith outside of Christ, ever. It doesn't exist and because there's no faith outside of Christ, there's no truth outside of Christ, and the Holy Spirit doesn't work outside of Christ. He don't. He won't. All he can do is point. 
unless he's in you working that which he's pointed you to and you accepted and you're believing it as long as you're believing the truth of Christ and him crucified and that's where your faith is, then he can guide you into the, all the experiential truths written in the word. But your faith has to be in Christ in his death for you to have the experience of everything else that's written in the word. The object of faith is the death of Jesus because that's where he always delivers you to so that you can experience everywhere he wants your feet to walk in the light of his word. So, number one, faith is only found in Christ because all things are of him, for him, through him, and to him. All, all things. God's not doing anything outside of Christ to the church. Oh, he's moving men around all over the earth. He's, he's doing things with the trees and the clouds. He's doing all kind of things. But the church, there is no functionality of the Holy Spirit outside of one's faith in Christ. That's why it's important for you as a Christian to know that just because you've been immersed into Christ, if you don't know how to walk in him, you don't know how to live in him. Because you only live in the spirit. So if you're not walking in the spirit, how many of you know walking in the spirit and walking in Jesus is the same thing? That's one and the same thing. And if you and I don't know how to walk in Jesus, don't know how to walk in the spirit, then we're not going to live. We can't live. Amen. We live we live only by faith. So, number one, let me read this again. Because of Christ and through Christ and to Christ are all things, we know that faith is only found in Christ. It doesn't exist anywhere else. We can make believe and we can pretend. We can, we, we can turn the music on and feel like we can feel something going. But let me tell you something. If faith is not in Christ, it's not biblical faith. All right? And because of Christ and through Christ and to Christ are all things, we know that grace is only found in Christ. Because we're talking about these things tonight, because we're talking about the spirit of faith, we're talking, going to talk about the spirit of grace and the spirit of truth. This is, these are things, the truth that is of the spirit, grace that is of the spirit, faith that is of the spirit. That's why it's worded like that. The spirit of faith, the spirit of truth, the spirit of grace. Because outside of the spirit showing you Christ and working in you because of your faith in Christ, you don't have anything going on with God. You can be faithful to a church and faithful to, to give your money. and You can be faithful to do a lot of things. But if your faith is not in Christ and it's not, if you don't know, that means in his death. And most of the church don't know that and they don't accept that or they'll say, well, of course we believe in the cross. They believe it happened, but when things happen to them, that's not what they reach for. That's not what they want to hear preached. That's not what they want to, to, to realize as a truth that God's going to change them. They don't understand. Most of the church don't understand. Most of them don't even know. It ain't got to the part of, I don't understand it. They don't even know that they're being made conformable to the death of Jesus. And if you don't know that, my friend, and we sit here with a few 
And there's a few that are with us online, and, and, and the devil will try to make you think, because, man, if this was really a move of God, it'd be the big old crowd. And let me say, that's what proves to me it ain't a move of God. Because the crowds have never run to this. And the crowds will never run to this truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. They won't do it. So number two, grace, which you've heard me teach for years, is the spirit of grace. And that phrase is found in Hebrews 10 and 29. And we won't go read it, write it down, look at it later. But the spirit of grace is only found in Christ. There is no grace outside of Christ. And to experience grace in Christ, you first of all, you have to be born again and in Christ, and then you have to understand that your faith has to be in what Jesus did by grace through faith to experience the grace that's in him. He wants to give you more grace tonight, but you've got to have to humble yourself. He only gives it to the humble. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I'm giving you these scriptures because I want you to see this. There's, there's many people that are just trying to rebuke and correct and, 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 and say y'all are too much about the cross. You're, you're trying to make scriptures about the cross. When it's not, I ain't found none that's not yet. And you know, I've listened all my life to preachers get up and say, Jesus talked about money more than he talked about anything else. That ain't nothing but a lie. That's where the church is. And the people just shout, Amen, Amen, Amen. And Jesus ain't talked about money more than he talked about anything else. The focus of God ain't money. And Jesus was God in the flesh. Focus not money. Focus is what he came to do. Amen, on the cross. There's, there's going to get less and less people, less and less people who are interested in the cross. There was a, a big rush as it has been down through the ages and God bringing this revelation through a man or a ministry somewhere and people get excited about it because it's been gone for so long. But even after it comes in like a flood and everybody throws their arms up, after a little while, most of them are gone. And there's, and there's still a few. Can I say to you tonight, we got to carry this to the finish line, my friends. There's never going to be crowds rushing to this. They'll rush to everything but this. But we got to carry this message just like Paul did to the finish line. We've got to fight the good fight of faith. We've got to finish our course. We've got to make it to the end. If we don't, who will? There are others. I, I, I get that. But we have got to do our part and the way we do our part is carrying this bloodstained banner of love to the finish line. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Paul tells Timothy here, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. There is no grace outside of Christ. We go do this and do that and say, God gave me grace to do it. God gives grace to the humble, and the humble are exclusively those who are trusting in what Jesus did through humility and obedience unto death. That's, that's Bible. And the reason the church goes, man, what in the world? Why do you, why do you, is because that's how far away we have gotten. 
That's how far away we've gotten. That church don't even want to hear about the sacrifice. Don't dare tell me that's what I always have to be uh, uh, thinking about or uh, experiencing, but the Bible says opposite. The Bible says you do. It's always been this way. First two boys born after the truth was given, one said, forget it. Another one said, I'm all in. God gives the nation of Israel the promised land. It's yours. Send 12 men in there to spy out what I've given you. Ten out of the 12 comes back and says, we can't do this. In other words, God's lying. Don't you know, and I want to, I want to encourage you tonight with what it must have felt like with three, Moses, Joshua, and Caleb standing there listening to this evil report against the God who was giving them the promised land. Now, there was three who was ready to move on in, but there was, was Moses, he was there, right? Yeah, he was still there. He wasn't dead yet. He didn't go in, but he was there. So there was three, but the other ten, and I'm, I'm telling you this because it's always only a small, minute group. God wants to save everybody, but everybody don't want him saving them the way he saves. Everybody wants to go to heaven except the fools. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but they don't want to go God's only way. This message is going to cost you. It's free to you, but it costs you everything. It'll cost you relationships. It'll cost you maybe your, your, your stature in town or whatever. Whatever. People look at you, you start preaching this and living this, and you've gone too far. The cross, we sing it, your blood is more than enough. It's because Jesus went just too far. He went all the way, hallelujah. Amen. So number one, faith is only found in Christ. And most of the church would say amen, brother. But when I tell them, that means your faith got to be in his death. That's when they start backing up. Well, what does in Christ mean? We, we shouldn't all be on a different page about that. Romans 6, 3 says that we were immersed, the way we were baptized, immersed into Christ was by being immersed into his death. That's how we entered Christ, through faith in his death. And Jesus said, abide in me. Or remain, continue. And, that's, and that is written in many places, uh, but we don't like that. We don't like the cross after we're saved, and we don't like realizing when a preacher gets up and starts preaching that God's delivering you unto death always, people start back, well, that, 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 that's talking about something else. No, we, we, our flesh wants it to be about something else, but it's not. We want that just to be about Paul. We want that just to be about persecution. We want that just to be about a group of people. But Paul said uh, the the. What did he say? That we who are alive. Well, he wasn't the only one alive. I'm alive in Christ. So faith is only found in Christ. That means through faith in his death. Grace is only found in Christ. Now, we're talking about the spirit of faith at work. We're talking about the spirit of grace at work. Now, number, number three, truth is only found in Christ. This means through faith in his death. Doesn't mean anything else. 
The spirit of truth is only found in Christ. Truth is Christ. But the Bible says, and I'm about to give you the scripture, Ephesians 4.21, is in him. He is truth, but the truth he's offering to you of who he is, it's in him. If Jesus is the truth, but the truth is in him, that ought to be self-explanatory. It's not just his person. It's in his death I find truth that liberated me from sin. He that is dead is free from sin. Hmm. Ephesians 4.21 says this. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. It's in him. The water is in this bottle. It's not outside of it. The truth of the word of God is Christ. But to be imparted to you, it's only in him. You were born again and put in him so that you could experience everything that is in him, but it takes you abiding in him. That means you don't move your faith into what you do, what you say. You keep your faith in him. That means the faith that puts you in him and that's why, you, that's why there are people that, that, that they, they, they started hearing years ago the message of the cross, but they just kept listening to everything else too. Well, uh, listen, you'll either come to a place where you'll make the decision, I'm going the determined way, or I don't really see, I, I don't see the need for that. And that's what your flesh will always say, I don't see the need for all that. Uh, and then that we're opting out of what the Lord could do in our Christian lives. So we've seen three things tonight. The spirit of grace. Everybody say the spirit of grace. The spirit of faith. And the spirit of truth. These things we've seen in the word are only in Christ. Just because I'm in Christ doesn't mean that everything works automatically. If it did... There wouldn't have been no need for, uh, Jesus would have never been outside the door knocking on the door of the church at Laodicea. He would have never told the church in Galatia, you've fallen from grace. He would have never told Sardis, you got a name that you're alive but you're dead. He would have never, we didn't need to hear all that if this just works automatically. We wouldn't have to fight a good fight of faith if it just worked automatically. There wouldn't be an opportunity for me to fall away and to have a heart of unbelief and deny God if it was just automatic. It's not automatic just because I'm in Christ. I have to learn to walk in Christ, to abide in Christ. I have to learn to experience the grace that's in Christ. You've heard us teach over the past several months, maybe a year or so, that 2 Corinthians, what is it, 13, 4, that tells us that through weakness Christ died, but yet he lived by the power of God. And we, this is the part that blew me away, we also are weak in him. All my life I thought I was strong in Christ, but I'm not. I'm weak in him. 
That's 2 Corinthians 13, 4, if this is the first time you're hearing that. And it'll just bless your socks right off the end of your legs. Hallelujah. Because we are weak in him because our faith is what is in him and what he did through weakness. Yet he lives by the power of God. And because we are weak in him, we get to experience God's strength being made perfect in our weakness. Hallelujah. Because it's in our faith is in what he did through weakness. Think about that. So I'm not strong in Christ, but here we see, and where was it? 2 Timothy 2.1, Paul telling Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. You're in Christ, but you need the grace that's in him too. Amen. It ain't, listen, it's good enough to get you to heaven to be in Christ, but God wants more than you just showing up in heaven one day. He wants you to bear fruit. And don't tell me that ain't important. If that wasn't important, when Paul saw Peter not walking uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, the Lord would have said, don't worry about it, Paul. We'll take care of it. But he said, no, 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 get on your feet. I got something to tell him. God's very interested in your fruit. He saved you to bear fruit. Uh, let's see if we can find that. Y'all won't see that, don't you? I do. I think it's in Romans 7, maybe verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren. Romans chapter 7, verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. That's the cross. That you should be married to another. You're married to Jesus now even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. We married to Jesus and God's... It says that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Everybody see it? Got it, got it highlighted there, you pink marker, hallelujah. All right, now, let's keep going. Now... So far, and I pray that this, I really pray this is exciting to you because those who look to Calvary and search the Scriptures through the light of the Lamb, God's going to continue to increase this great revelation of Jesus. That's what it is. It's the revelation of Jesus and what He did at Calvary. What else do we want to grow in? What else are we told to grow in other than the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? We're not told to be growing in this and growing in that. We're told to grow in the grace and the knowledge that belong to Christ. Amen. And we do that as we study the Word, search the Scriptures in the light of the Lamb. So truth, the spirit of truth, grace, the spirit of grace, and faith, the spirit of faith, this is of the Spirit. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth is the only one that can teach you truth. I can't teach you truth. I can open the Bible and share these truths with you and the gift God has given me. I can lay these things out as he's given them to me and hopefully you can see what he's trying to minister to you. That there's an exclusive place that you can experience grace, faith, and truth. And it's only in Christ. It's not in some building somewhere. It's not because of a preacher. It's because of Christ Jesus and his sacrifice. 
Because it takes Christ and Him crucified and your faith being in that, not just Christ, but Him crucified for the impartation of everything God's got for you. That's why He always delivers you because you're a saved child of God unto death. Now, let's go back to 2 Corinthians 4, 11 through 13. And again, this has become very special to me. And I know there's probably some people who say, I wish he'd hurry up and get away from this. And, and those are the ones I'm praying for. God show you what he's showing me and you'll say, let's never leave. Let's never leave this. This is where the beauty, this is where the, this is where the deeper work, whatever you want to call it, the, 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 the growth, the maturity, this is where it happens right here. I'm not talking about this building, this minute. I'm talking about this truth. And we're going to see something phenomenal tonight, so wonderful and beautiful. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, one more time. For we which live, are always delivered unto death. How often does God deliver us who are alive unto death? There's never a moment that he's not pointing you to Calvary. And let me tell you tonight, just like the alcoholic drunk out there is what he is because he drank one drink and went that way. The dangers of looking away from Calvary are beyond what we can fathom. The Holy Spirit is always there to when we, when we look away, he's like, no, I'm testing you. I'm trying you. Please don't look away from where I'm delivering you. God always tries you. The Bible says every moment, Job 7, 18, he's trying you. When will you give in to this reality that's in the Word of God? Job 7, 18, God tries us every moment. Why? To see if we'll keep trusting in what He offered to us every moment. Because every moment He's delivering us there as our answer. This is the confirming scripture, if you will, to what the Lord told Brother Swaggart some years ago about the answer for which you seek is found in the cross. The answer for which you seek is only, it's found only in the cross. Well, this scripture reveals that to be true because He only delivers us always to where the answer is at. <coughs> He's not delivering you anywhere else. He's not delivering you to the throne. He's not delivering you anywhere else. He's delivering you unto death. Look what it says, and it's for Jesus' sake. You want to magnify Jesus? Keep your faith anchored in the death of him. So that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. You see, it takes faith in the death of Jesus to express the life of Jesus. And this is not some subconscious thing going on back here. Well, it just, it happens, it just, it's just, man, I just function that way naturally. No, you don't. 
You, you had to know what you were doing when you got saved. You didn't know the depth of it by any means, but you knew right up here in the forefront of your mind, the Holy Spirit was telling you you were a sinner, you were lost in need of a Savior. And then when you heard that, the gospel he was preaching to you, you realized that's what I need to save me, and you knew what you were doing. You believed that in your heart. You confessed unto salvation, Romans 10, 10. So Christianity, the rest of your life, don't happen back here either. It all happens right up here in the forefront. How can you fight the good fight of faith if it's not what your mind is set on? Bible says God is ever mindful of his covenant. Psalms 111.5 and that he's commanded us to always be mindful of his covenant. What's that? First Chronicles 16, 15. Oh, that's where we met God. That's where our minds came together and he gave us a new one. Hallelujah. He gave us the mind of Christ and if we're going to function with that mind of Christ, we're going to have to accept where he's always delivering us. Watch this now. So then death works in us. No, it's not joy and peace and, and all the things. He's not working all that in us. He's working death in us, and out of that death comes the spirit of grace, faith, and truth working, joy, peace, and love, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith. Out of death comes the working of the spirit of grace and truth and faith. Out of death comes the life of Jesus. Hallelujah. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. Ah, so it's written somewhere. This is written somewhere. Oh my, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. What was written? I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. But look at what right here, what they're believing and what they're speaking. They're, they're believing what God's delivering them always to and then they're speaking what God's always delivering them to. That's why Paul said, I'm determined not to know anything else. Think about it. So the Holy Spirit, through Paul, right here in this letter to Corinth, he, he's writing this, he's being ministered to, not only just in some revelation sitting in a room somewhere, these truths that the Lord, the Spirit of God, gave to Paul, he gave to him in an experiential way in his life too and just the truth coming to him to write, and he didn't write anything new. Everything was pulled out of the wells of salvation. I was thinking today about the wells of salvation. Isaiah said with joy, we draw waters out of the wells of salvation. I was thinking today about how the Old Testament, this might be wrong now, so don't, don't throw me out, but I was thinking today about how the, 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 all the Old Covenant was type and shadow, and it was like that, this way of the well of salvation, they they pulling that they pulling it up. Man, it's deep. It's from Genesis to Malachi. It's deep. They pulling it up. There's water in that pail. It's a, what's 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 down there? What are we, the cup of salvation? It's on the way up. Oh, it's coming. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Oh, it's a cup of salvation. We drawing it. And then Jesus comes, and it comes out and spills over. Hallelujah. 
Woo! If you believe on me, as the scriptures have said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Mm. Think about that. Where's the living waters? They flowing out of the death of Jesus. So where does the Holy Spirit reach back to in the wells of salvation and pull this treasure out of to pour out into our hearts today? I'm glad you asked. It's in Psalms 116, verses 10 through 15. This is, some of y'all might get up and run tonight because folk, folk today are trying to say, well, this ain't got nothing to do with what you're trying to make it sound like. I'm not trying to make it sound like nothing. I'm reading the reality of it and the context of it, and we're about to see even something that was written in the old when folk were just living in types and shadows, but something's going to come to light out of that that's going to bless your heart tonight. Psalms 116. Verse 10, I want to bring it up here. I got it on my paper, but I like reading it here. I like looking at it in the Word. I say it is the Word on my paper, but you know what I mean. I like looking at it with the other Word gathered around it too. There's just a little blob of Scriptures over here. You just keep going. You get to Revelation. Psalms 116, verse 10. Here's where the Holy Spirit pulled this from. So here comes some help for us tonight with the understanding and a more in-depth reality of revealed truth for us to, to, that the Holy Spirit can help us along the way for when we're, you know, we're, we're being equipped here tonight so that we will have scriptures to put on. Most people that come against you and talk, talk about you and talk about what you're preaching, they don't have anything to say in the Word and whatever most of the time they put out there, it ain't got nothing to do with what, you, what you're talking about. They might as well just walk by and say, you ought to read that, son. You wrong. <laughs> and I tell people all the time, I don't have a problem with being corrected, but when you come to correct me, bring your Bible. Don't just tell me I'm wrong. I can be corrected. If I can't, I, I can't live. Doesn't the Bible say in more than one place that rebuke is your life? Amen. Psalms 116, verse 10. Here it comes. I believed, therefore have I spoken. That's where, that's where this scripture in the New Testament is written from. Now, I want, I want you to see, Lord, give us all eyesight tonight in our hearts. I believe, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What's all men lying about? The way of salvation. If they ain't coming through the blood of Jesus, they lying. If they not preaching the blood, the cross, the death of Jesus, can't nobody get saved. And if they preaching and teaching a bunch of people that already are saved and they're not pointing to Calvary, they still lying. It takes the cross my faith in that to abide in Jesus. Watch now. What shall I render? And that word means pay or repay. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? See what lying means? Preachers out there tell you, you got to pay for this. Y'all didn't pay to get in here tonight. And you didn't pay to get in where you're headed in heaven. Jesus paid that. 
Watch, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I'll take the cup of salvation. That's what I, I ain't got nothing to pay God. I, I can't repay God for what he's done for me. I'll just go ahead and take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Cup of, the cup of salvation is the cup Jesus drank of at Calvary. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane? Is there any way this cup can... Can we go around this? Nevertheless, get this now. It's been a long time since I said this. Some people got a hold of this a few years ago. Never, never, the less, but thy will. Because our will is the less. Nevertheless, but thy will. Not my will, but thy will be done. I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. And I'm very well aware of this being prophetic of Jesus as well who died on the cross in the presence of the whole world. Titus chapter 2 says, The grace that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. That's right. Watch now. Verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I believed. Therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. Now I know this is about David, but it's also about Jesus. In the new covenant, it moves on us. I believe, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Men must have been saying we could render something. But you can't. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. What the cross of Christ does for you and me daily, although the world thinks it looks drab and pitiful, and though it feels sometimes kind of rough for us at the loss of things and the loss of relationships, it's precious to God. The cross is the most the cross of Christ is the most precious thing God has ever touched among men. You've heard me say it, and I do believe it with all my heart. When God saw his son dying on that cross, that was the most beautiful, wonderful, magnificent, marvelous, and the, the, the list of adjectives are endless. The beauty of heaven is because of the beauty of the cross. And the beauty of the Lord living in you and you experiencing Him is because of the experience of the cross. This scripture, see we quote this scripture all the time at funerals, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. But this is talking about the cup of salvation. This is talking about, in the New Testament, it's talking about being delivered unto death always while I'm walking on this earth. We, we like to say it. It sounds good and spiritual. This life's not all about me, but boy, when we get out of here, we try to make it that way. It's not all about me. 
You know, I, I, man, this, this life, ain't, it ain't about me, it's about Jesus. And we, 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 well, the Lord shows us how much we believe that. <laughs> and we have to learn. But if the church is not learning how to drink of this cup of salvation that we do drink of, the Bible says, is the cup that we bless not the blood of Jesus? The communion that of the body of Christ. There's never a moment that the Lord is not turning you over. I'm going to say this and I'm going to close tonight. I said something about it in prayer Monday night. New Covenant saints, I've been there. I'm not condemning anybody, by the way. New Covenant saints, we look back at the Old Testament and we say, man, I'm glad I wasn't under that. And rightly so, rightly so. But we look back at that and we say, I'm glad I wasn't there, man. Man, they, their whole nation was encamped around where the sacrifices were every day. Just bloody, just every day sacrifices. Now, the one day a year by the one man on the, on the Passover, on the Day of Atonement, and all, all that was something else. But this is sinning and bringing sacrifices, blood, blood, blood. And we, in the New Covenant, we say, man, I'm glad we, I ain't got, got to go out of my tent and see all that, smell all that. I'm in the New Covenant. And where we failed to understand is because we don't know the Scriptures. God says He's always delivering you unto death. And it's more, there's more required of you with the cross than they ever thought of. Andrew said something a few weeks ago, and I'll never forget it. And I can't remember how you said it, but something about in, if the, 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 that our, our initial salvation cannot be our only encounter with the cross. God says it's always your encounter. That's why the devil rushes in and tells the church, the charismaniacs and the Pentecostalism folks, y'all need to have some encounter meetings. Well, they ain't encountering. They're not encountering the cross. Y'all need to have some, I've been to one or two of them back in the day, that day. Everybody brings their little paper sacks, they're going to puke up demons. I've been to all that, dark in there, dark in there, blue lights, and just, you know, just club, like a club. The encounter the church needs is the cross. The devil's good at what he does. He says, man, that's 2,000 years ago. You just let that go. I won't tell you today. The only thing in my rearview mirror is the cross. You know, you're driving down the road. You know, that rearview mirror is there for a purpose. You look in it. See what's behind you. Ain't nothing behind me but the cross but it's also in front of me. It's what God's delivering me to moment by moment, moment by moment. You know it's true. Every time we do a big piece of dumb, it's when we chose to look away from where God's delivering us. Amen. Faith in light of the Lamb. Faith in light of the Lamb. If it's not in the light of the Lamb, it's not faith. Because it takes 
It takes the Spirit, the Spirit moving in your life to have faith. How did, how did you receive the measure of faith you received? By the Spirit of God. That's how He dealt that measure of faith to you because your heart trusted in the righteousness of faith. Quiet up in here. Y'all need a moment? All right. Your heart believed unto the righteousness of faith because you were hearing the righteousness speaking that is of faith. Remember last week? That's what you heard. That's what you got to keep hearing. That's why all God's words are in righteousness because when he's speaking and it's him, it's the righteousness of faith that's speaking. It's the righteousness of faith. That's why our fruit has to be that of righteousness. The spirit of faith is always faith that is of the spirit. Would you stand with me tonight?